There are dire warnings that New South Wales will be hit by increasingly extreme weather. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. The rate is a great concern. And what do you want that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act. But I say the will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Climactic. The People's Voice on Climate Change. Yeah, hello Mark, hello listeners. We've gone back to an interview format for this week's episode, and it's Mark interviewing Sean and Lup from Affect the Change. Mark, I wonder if you could just tell me a little bit more about Affect the Change, what their aims are, and how you met the interviewees. This is kind of one of my first post-starting climactic friendships. I met Sean. I'm not sure exactly where. It would be some event. I go to way too many in the city to keep track. But Mm. I I met Sean. I had a good chat with him that night. And then I had said on Facebook I was going to Trash Bags on Tour, the the second one down the Great Ocean Road. Yes. And so I I rock up to the city at 6.30 a.m. in the morning. And I look around. I know Kat and Melissa, and you've heard them from a previous episode as well about trash bags on tour. Yeah. But then there's Sean. It's 6.30 a.m. And he'd, he'd come along. So we spent that day sitting next to each other on the bus talking about his project, Affect the Change. It's a YouTube channel of really targeting high school age people about sustainability, but in a really fun, accessible way. So I, I just knew I had to have him on the show about this. We did some live videos together during the course of that day. He's talked a little bit about Climactic on Affect the Change. So really, this episode is A, returning the favor, and B, kind of having a bit more fun and frivolity with the topic of climate change, which, let's face it, is uh, it's pretty heavy, Rich. Yeah, and I think we've dealt with uh, a few heavy topics in the last few weeks, haven't we, Mark? We really have. So I I kind of view this one as as kind of just a a palate cleanser, a bit of a change of pace. And and I think this was the episode in which there was the most laughter and smiling of of any recording so far. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the uh, hilarity... Certainly comes over. Fantastic. So, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's go with uh, Mark interviewing Affect the Change. All right, and we're back at the Kathleen Syme Library recording in just a meeting room this time, not the proper recording studio upstairs. All right, so I'm here with Chan and Lap. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm here with Chan and Lap, and thanks to the joy of editing, that didn't exist, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it goes. Um, from Affect the Change. So we're going to learn a bit about what that is, uh, how Chan and Lap came up with this idea for this thing we're going to describe, and sort of get a sense of, of who they are and, and how they came to do this and what their plans are going forward. So if we want to just have Chan introduce himself, and then we'll go to Lap for the description of what Affect the Change is. Yeah, um, it's actually Chan, Mark, thanks. It's like Genghis Khan, but Chan. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but... um. Yeah. So I'm one of the co-founders of Affect the Change. That was a weak intro. I am, uh, I am like head founder and CEO of Affect the Change. <laughs> um, no, uh, so basically, yeah, we're a partnership. We 
how do we find each other? I guess we met in uni. Uh, Chan's very passionate. Yeah, we're both very passionate about the environment. So we both studied biological sciences. We met there, and I guess I had a big um, passion for, like, film. And, yeah, we just met up, and we are like, oh, let's do something. Because, you know, we've seen all this news about how the world's falling apart no one can do anything. We're like, let's let's change that. Let, let's tell people how to change things. And we just started sharing tips and stuff. And we're like, let's do it through video, which is like a really good uh, medium instead of, you know, podcasts. Like, well, podcasts are good. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, actually not podcasts. What was I, I was going for? I don't know, reading and stuff, I guess. I was like, let's do something easy for kids. <laughs> I just like destroyed you. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know. Podcasts just jumped out to me because it's the yeah. first thing I can think of. Podcasts are fine. <laughs> yeah, so good description, Lup. Um, I'm actually the real head <laughs> and co-founder <laughs> of the fact. The idea was generated in the evening when I was talking to a mate about what we do in life, right? It was one of those existential moments as you have during your 20s. And he was talking about what I'm doing in my life and what I want to achieve. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I want to do something environmental change. And we were talking about how to do it. And it's like politics was a huge avenue. And I was like, uh, that doesn't really sit well with me just because of the personality I am. And I was like, oh, I had this idea to do some sort of educational program. So naturally, he was like, let's do it. And that's how Effective Change was born. Would you agree? Um, yes, I agree. I like the attitude you guys bring to this of like, you're doing something positive about the environment and about public education, but man, you're, you're not being boring about it, which I really appreciate. We don't want to make environmental stuff boring. So I was like, I knew Lup had a talent, didn't know how good he was, but I was like, yeah, he'd made stuff before, let's do something. So essentially, it was just to make environmental messages fun because there's lots of information out there that's like really scripted and really good, but not that interesting. So we were trying to appeal to the average Joe. So we put one out, an episode. (laughs) It took us like three days to film it. Do you reckon? No, way longer. No, no, maybe it took us three days for the initial part. And then we did reshoots for like the next six, seven days. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't a, a quick process, definitely not, though. No. So we put out that first episode and then we realized what we got ourselves into. I know, we, we want to make good content. And one of the other things when we were producing the videos, we just wanted to, because I come from an educate. well, I have a bit of education doing a master's of teaching. So I was like one message per video because we wanted... We wanted to keep it simple and attract people who wouldn't otherwise engage in environmental messages. So we developed that first video and then we were like, let's keep doing it. I was studying Masters of Teaching at the time and Lup was working full time. So really, we just did it whenever we could. So our videos would often take ages. So we've got... The yeah. sixth episode now. Yeah, We're up to the sixth episode now and we release sporadically we just when it whenever we can like there was a time when lup was applying for jobs so he's busy with that and i was like applying for jobs i was in thailand he was over in new zealand like it's just when we can really there's a lot to think about and having the set or like yeah this is a terrible idea actually maybe we should think about retiring <laughs> but this is probably the, the main reason it takes so long for our videos as well sounds like as well you're maybe trying to dissuade future competition from entering this space so they'll be like talking it up it's very hard. Yeah, you, you have no chance of pulling it off. Can, can I ask quickly, do, do you have, for what you're trying to do in your space of educating people about the environment while having fun, and especially the demographic, you're gonna, are there any channels out there that who, who you either get inspiration from or you feel are kind of your peers in this space? I personally don't know of anyone, and which is partly, I feel like, why we did it. Because we're like, 
let's give people something that they don't get. There's a lot of great environmental videos, not so much with one message that's really easy to digest. Probably agree with you, John, like it's not one person. The way I kind of got into environmentalism, I guess you can call it that, um, you know, I was really interested in biology, so I studied biology, but then I started meeting all these people who had, you know, a real care for nature, they're trying to help the planet. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And, you know, you start following them on Facebook and all that, and you start getting this feed of news about, you know, how we can improve the environment. And everyone loves, I guess, the Planet Earth series. So, the, you know, I guess David Attenborough is probably a big, big figure for that. So that's probably one of the people, I guess. Not one specific person, but, yeah, like kind of a following of people who – Got me into this area. So this is the first interview I've done with this, and this is, this is going to be episode you know twenty plus where we're laughing and we're all sitting on the table, we're all smiling, we're all in a good mood, and we're talking about environmental topics. Granted, we're talking about the fun stuff of making content, but you talk about really heavy stuff. So one you know just before we started recording, I watched one of your best kind of on ramp videos, your first videos to start watching to get a sense of who you guys are, and that's the coffee pod episode. Now coffee pods. Any of my previous guests and I would start a conversation about coffee pods and within 30 seconds we'd be like, <sighs> explosive sigh, the world's so bad, we're all stuffed. Oh my God. But you guys made it into a very funny five-minute comedy sketch video about, yeah, why coffee pods are so bad, but also isn't that kind of hilarious that we're in this situation? How, how do you do it? How do you approach big, scary, heavy topics in such a fun way? For us, it was like... We have to do something. That was the instigator, okay? So, personally, I was like, what am I doing? Because you're right. It's so heavy. It's so intense. I'm passionate, just like you are, just like a lot of people who are listening to this podcast. It is heavy stuff, and it's so overwhelming, but it's like, what can I do? I, I don't think I could die happy without doing something, right? So, that was the first thing, want to do something. Second thing was, a lot of this stuff needs to be engaging for people because otherwise... We can't change if not everyone's on board. And ultimately, a lot of my experience was this environmental stuff. I didn't even hear about it till I did my environmental science degree. So it's interesting that I haven't had that background. I've always been interested in nature, like like we're saying about biology and things, but I never really knew about environmental causes and environmental stuff until I got into my degree, which meant I could appreciate how people didn't know these things. So I guess from my perspective, it's like I understand where people are or I try to understand where people are who haven't had any experience in environmental stuff. So just give them an avenue. Just try really hard to engage them. And what else can you do? What else can we do except do something, right? And if we get depressed, then it's like giving up before we even try. So it's it's really, it's hard and it is overwhelming that we're under no illusions as to how intense this is. But at the same time, if we can't engage the people, um, we won't be able to do anything. And I watched this really interesting documentary recently about the Amazon jungle. And they're talking about how the natives there had to really fight the government to try and engage um, their native land acts. And they did it. A few people died in the process, which is really tragic. But they, the people, had to do something because those politicians, a lot of people who want to get into a position of power tend not to be people who really, now I could be making a large stereotype here, but who really want to care about everyone's interests. Hopefully there are some great people out there, and I'm sure there are, but ultimately it's up to us to influence these people to create change. 
right? And if everyone does it, something will happen. I don't know. Yeah, you guys are saying really like heavy things. Like for me, like I never even thought it was heavy. Like for me, I've always kind of approached things with humor. And so I find trying to, you know, get this right mental message across. I'm just like naturally just like, let's make it fun. Like if you're going to make these educational videos, kids are going to get bored if it's going to be like, you know, depressing and sad all the time. Like that's not what I want to do. That's why that's kind of like sometimes why I quit watching news because I'm just like, it's full of like sad news all the time someone's died you know there's been a flood somewhere and so yeah i've just always approached it with a bit of humor i guess coming from australia you know, there's so many comedians out there in like comedy shows like my whole life i've always tried to make people laugh so it was just a natural thing for me to put some humor into these videos yeah so is it either it's what you enjoy doing and that's why you're doing it that way or this is the way it's going to get the most people engaged i'd say they're both correct one of the other things i I was really thinking about when we were making this is um and me and Lup both talked about which is why we sort of talked about a podcast first was something that we can do that doesn't consume us as you mentioned it can be quite depressing and quite all consuming and if you go down that path you got to make sure you give yourself time and make sure you look after yourself so we both like working with each other we both really enjoy hanging out just in general so it's it's kind of a way to preserve us and like you said engage the most people while still doing something that's that's the way i see it um we were racking our brains to try work out the best way and this is why we ended up going down the video route otherwise we would have just um stuck with just me and him talking which is still great but at this, which we might end up still <laughs> doing <laughs> but the more we realize how tough this is but yeah that's that's the way I see it. I, I don't really have much more to add to that. That's like pretty much exactly like how I feel as well. I mean, like, yeah, you see a lot of content about environmental stuff and a lot of it goes for like the shock values. Like, you know, look what's happening in the world. Like, let's try to change something. But let's just give them some simple tips that they can take on board and we'll make it fun. So that's been our whole motto, really. It's just like, keep it fun, keep it simple. We don't want to save the planet. <laughs> John, I really loved what you said there about if you go down this route, it can be very all-consuming and it can consume you. And so the way I phrased that with some people in the past is that, you know, if you're working towards sustainability for the planet and for society, what you're doing yourself has to be personally sustainable. It has to be sustainable on all levels. Can you keep this level of output and of work going into something? Can you maintain that over the long term without burning out? Could you keep doing what you're doing now indefinitely? Yeah, easily. I can, because uh, at first, yeah, we were like, oh man, this is taking a lot of time and, you know, we barely have time to do it. And, you know, everyone's saying like, you know, when you make a good YouTube channel, you got to release content regularly, maybe like at least once a fortnight. <laughs> we can't do that. After working on it for a while, like I think like a year and a half now, maybe even two years, we're finding our footsteps. Like, you know, we're working out the right process to get our content made quickly and we know how to like um, save time. So doing like a lot of research, trying to get the first edit right. We'd have to go back and film things again and again. So we're saving time there. <laughs> time smiling because I've uh, picked it up on a lot of bad research. <laughs> and I've, uh, yeah, yeah, I've kind of nailed that in now. It's like, okay, let's do some like fact-checking after you write. Because, <laughs> you know, once you film something, it's, it's got, it takes a lot, as I just said before, how much time and effort it takes to film something and record it. May as well get that writing down right first. We're actually starting to branch out and develop new projects and stuff. So not only is it sustainable, I feel like we're going to expand in a lot of ways. Like we've started to establish industry partnerships with certain environmental 
organizations that sell good products meeting you was part of that like expanding out my own contribution because luck does a lot of the video stuff so i'm sort of trying to branch out and do other stuff the more we get involved the more passionate we get and the more into it we are with all your kind of wildest dreams for the channel come true like how big do you see it growing potentially from the beginning it's always just been main challenge it's like you know Let's just do it. And it's a completely voluntary kind of thing. When people come in to help, it's completely voluntary. We don't force them to do anything. They do as much as they want. And that's that's what we like. Like, you know, because people are passionate, they want to volunteer. So we'll just play on that. Growing, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, we've joked about getting interns and stuff. <laughs> just to, you know, do the, do the groundwork. I don't know, celebrities say they can, they can do videos, podcasts, articles. They can, they can just do anything. So I guess, you know, we could be a conglomerate of social media content <laughs> just pretty much any way you can get the message out actually well, this is an interesting segue into what we originally set out to achieve we were like talking about the whole environmental apocalypse and what whatnot and we were just thinking you know what if we achieve one thing we'll be happy and that's the that's a target because i don't i think it's unsustainable to really um put pressure on yourself mm-hmm. to achieve a certain standard in saying that, we, we are, like I said, we are expanding and we are, you know, trying to do more. But one of the stories when we first published our first episode on recycling mobile phones, which sort of I hold on to throughout the journey because there, you're, you do put a little bit of pressure on yourself at times to do certain things. And um, one of the things was I posted this video on my social feed and my cousin who had recently migrated to Australia, he checked out the video and he's like this hardcore four-wheel drive like mechanic dude that's like obsessed with racing motorbikes and stuff and it's like totally not the environmentalist typical environmentalist he posted saying thanks for this video i'll now recycle my mobile phone and straight away that's all i needed that's all both of us were really aiming for initially i think ideally if we could make careers out of that'd be great Mm. Uh, and i think earning money and being in the environmental space should not be mutually exclusive which is why i really respect what you're trying to do with climactic and i think um that hustle uh, needs to be evident in all environmentalists and we do need to value environmentalism as so important it's ridiculous how we don't value that that highly so uh i guess yeah ultimately if we could make an income off it, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to do it. Like Lapu and I have both talked about how much we'd love to do this for life. I think it'd be fantastic. Don't know what we're going to do, but we'll work it out. <laughs> yeah, just on top of that, like, his fondest memory is just, like, reaching out to his cousin. Like, that's the thing, like, the, the our whole idea, and even with our name, it's all about creating that wave, just, like, making that small ripple that turns into a huge tidal wave. So our channel is called The Butterfly Effect, so it's based on that kind of theory, but... That's what makes me so excited as well. And, and like, I really like what Chan said before where he said, yeah, just because of that little story, like, it just made him feel great. Like, that's the thing. Like, all we need to do is reach one person. Like, we're not trying to reach millions. I mean, that would be great. Actually, we're, we're trying to reach millions. But every t- each one of those millions, it just, like, it makes us as happy as the, the, the past one. It's, it's yeah, that's, that's what makes me happy as well. So I just like to add that as well. <laughs> so one of the main things I was trying to figure out when I started this show and I wanted to interview people was what gave people the motivation to keep doing something that we, you know, we talked about the difficulty quite a bit, but I was trying to know what made, you know, the, the eco warriors and the activists and stuff keep going week after week with this slog. But you guys don't seem to have that dynamic. Do you put that down to, you know, you, your two mates doing something fun together? First of all, hundred percent we're mates and we love doing it. That's, that really helps. But I think it's 
interesting because I come from a immigrant background because I've been through the struggle of having to newly establish in a foreign country with my parents, right? So we've been through that together. And um, one of the things that you learn through that experience is how to appreciate things and how to appreciate how this is different. Not saying where I immigrated from was bad, it was great. Like we had an awesome lifestyle back um, in Sri Lanka where I was from, like really rich in terms of like land and just natural resources. It was fantastic, awesome, awesome um, place to come from. But um, when you go through immigration here, you go from one step to another. So we're living out a unit to living into a rental to living in a home that's ours. Like it, it just changes your worldview and it really shapes how to appreciate things, I think. And the other thing is, as you mentioned, there's there's a lot of information out there. I'd signed on to countless petitions. I'd gone to tree planting events, which were great. And they were the most fulfilling things I'd done during my uni. But I'd signed so many petitions, looked at that many documentaries. And I was hitting an age where I'd learned enough, enough to do. This just gave me something tangible. And it just, I think it just worked out that I had a really good mate to be able to do it with. I don't know, when we hang out, it's just fun. It's always fun. What drives me doing this is that I've just always been a creative person. I've always just enjoyed creating things. Captain's <laughs> getting more desperate each time. Just like, please go. Please. Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna be in our videos, email us at effectthechangeatoutlook.com. That's effect with an e at the start and an a. Um, you can Google about that. You can complain about it, but you can use it. So it's fine. <laughs> Effect cause the change, not be affected by the change. Yeah, 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 yeah. very good. Uh, yeah, where did that name come from? I know we've talked about it a couple of times. It's been mentioned as well with the name of the YouTube channel being the Butterfly Effect. I know Lop, you're a, a cinephile and you love great filmmaking, so obviously that's from the cinematic masterpiece that is the Butterfly Effect. Do you want to do you want to confirm that for me? Um, I would not say the. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher movie uh, inspired us <laughs> to name the channel The Butterfly Effect. It was more uh, the idea of The Butterfly Effect, which is, um, you know, a, a, a flush of a butterfly's wings can create a small wave, which creates a bigger wave and creates a tsunami. And that's the idea of our channel is that one little tip, even after putting all this effort into making a video, <laughs> one little tip reaches one person, one person can tell Two people, two people can tell, you know, and just exponential growth from there. Yeah, and um, when we posted these, I was responsible for SEO. And uh, what we noticed was there's so much other random butterfly effect stuff online. Uh, so we're like, uh, let's come up with another name. Lup <laughs> protested against Effect to Change for a while. But then uh, that was the only one we could work out that worked. <laughs> so I like it. I like it. The butterfly, yeah, as Sean said, the butterfly effect was a quite already um, popular and taken. <laughs> it'd be hard to build a brand on something that's already, you know, like it'd be hard to build something called Coca Bola. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Yeah, Chan came up with Effect the Change, which is pretty much the same concept. And I did protest a lot because, I don't know, it just, it wasn't special for me at all. Like, it didn't mean much. But then, like, after a moment, I realized, you know, it's not really about a name. It's about building it. And, you know, there's, there's companies out there just, you know, with the most boring names. But then you're like, I know that company because I know what it sells, what it does. It doesn't really matter about brand names. So if you ever think about trying to make a brand name don't worry too much about it it's more about the content yes yeah, so i wanted to say quickly you guys are doing amazing work thank you very much for your time thanks for having us <laughs> yeah thanks mark and shout out to climactic on all your guests you guys are freaking awesome yeah really good show great questions i really enjoyed this time with, the, with you yeah <laughs> now we're running out the door <laughs> it's getting so hot in here by the way <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, Lup. <laughs> and that was Sean and Lup from Affect the Change. Now, Mark, I know that you got a lot out of this episode, and there's a couple of points that you'd like to go into for the listeners. What I really found when I was talking to Sean and Lup was that they were completely right that there wasn't a lot of media out there, video content especially, that takes sort of one point at a time with climate change, that keeps things small and discreet and understandable and, and bite-sized. We, we kind of struggle to do it ourselves, like, I can be honest about that. One thing I found recently, actually, from PBS in the States, is they've got some good videos coming out that do tackle one topic at a time, but then it is, mm. it is heavy, and it is, you can't, watch more than one at a time you need to go away sit down and have a think about things so i really yeah, appreciated yeah. what they were doing with affect the change which is bingeable climate change content which i think it's the right thing we need for this time and i think they are able to speak to people in a way that other media wouldn't get through to them i really enjoy what they're doing i enjoy the way they're going about it and i would love to see them sort of go from strength to strength and and maybe you know, no shade on Sean and Lop, but maybe produce more than one episode a month on average. Mm. <laughs> but that's only going to happen as, you know, people get behind them and, and watch their stuff. It's really cool. They're, they're trying to do a similar thing as we're doing at Climactic, where they're developing partnerships with cool social enterprises and, and you know, getting discounts for people and be a video platform for this message, whereas we're a, we're an audio platform. So I think we're going to be working together a lot in future. What did you think, Rich? I enjoyed the the different style that uh, you mentioned. I was going to ask, Mark, I was intrigued about the Coffee Pod episode. Uh, you did touch on it just briefly in the interview. Do you know any more about that? I do. There's there's a uh, like a Terminator-esque storyline to it. There's people coming mm. back from the future. There's Coffee Pods being thrown like shuriken. It's really, yep. it's indescribable so you'll have to watch it <laughs> luckily it's only it's only a few minutes long and there is a link yep. in the show notes all right and it has that message at the end that the uh, coffee pods are bad for the environment obviously that's right thank you again mark for that and now for some credits we would like to thank producer caleb fidicaro designer abigail hawkins and i'd like to thank greg grassi our composer and gretchen miller our senior advisor who has a new project over at landcareaustralia.org.au called The Rescuers. She's collecting audio stories from people who have been involved in rescuing habitats, individual plants, and even, you know, birds with a broken wing. It's a great new project. I highly recommend you check it out. The link to that is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. The Climactic Collective. This show is produced by Hear Media a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. That's H-E-R-E media.studio.